On this episode of Dear Day and Age Conservatives, I talk about how teenagers and young conservatives can get involved in local elections, and the breaking news about the College Republicans' disastrous national conference to elect a new chairman for their committee. The first thing I wanted to start off with was talking about how teens and young people and young conservatives can get involved in their local elections and how we can make a difference in our community just by volunteering on different political campaigns. So in this last election cycle in 2020, um, I reached out to many political campaigns, whether that was state assembly seats, um, state senators that were running for re-election or um, judicial positions, people that were running for um, county judge or uh, district court. Um, I really tried to put myself out there and find conservative people running for elections that I thought I could work with and that had the same morals and values as me and many conservatives in my community. So one hard thing that I've found when I was trying to get involved in elections was finding people that really took um, young teenagers and young people seriously. Because when I started, um, I think I was, yeah, I was 14 when I was reaching out to these campaigns. And of course, when you say that you're 14 in an email or a phone call, they're kind of just like, yeah, okay, we'll get back to you. Um, but I really had to stick to it, and I think I reached out to about seven or eight people before I finally got onto a congressional campaign in my area um, that was a conservative Republican that I really believed that I could work for um, that was going to benefit the community. One thing that young conservatives and teenagers need to remember when looking for um campaigns to work for, whether that's a congressional campaign, state assembly campaign, state senate campaign, is that you need to find a campaign that when you reach out, sees you at face value, sees your work ethic when you explain to them um, why you'd be a good addition to their campaign, and try to make yourself someone that is going to be a good asset for their campaign. Someone that is going to go out and knock on doors, go to events, make sure that you do community service. Uh, People that they're going to look at and be like, wow, this person really could help us in this campaign season and could be the difference between us winning by one or two percentage points. Because when you go out in the community and you campaign for these people, these uh, political candidates, you're going to see that a lot of them go out in the community, shake some hands, kiss some babies, and don't really do a lot. They don't really explain their political agendas. They don't really explain why they want to be in politics. They just tell you what they're going to do when they're in politics. Um, So do your research on people. Make sure that you are confident and that you are sure that you want to work for somebody. Because the last thing that you want is to be working for somebody that you do not believe in and you don't share the same values with. Another huge thing is reaching out to your local town Republican committee or your county Republican committee or even your state Republican committee to get involved in different opportunities and different races because for town uh, Republican committees, they might have elections they want you to work on for smaller positions like county legislative um, positions or even just like town clerk positions or town supervisors where 
county positions could be anything from a congressional campaign to a judge's position. Or, I mean, you can even get to the point where you look at a statewide campaign, like a gubernatorial election, uh, where the Republican committee for your state says, hey, we really need people to help out here. And we would think that you would be a good addition to the campaign. You're young, you're energetic. And that's one thing that I think young people and teenagers forget is that we are the base of the party sometimes when it comes to campaigning and getting out the vote because we are the ones that knock on the most doors, make the most phone calls, go to the most events, and really make some of the biggest differences in our community. And I think that's really important for young people to remember is that we're not just going to be some cheap shop towel that these politicians and political campaigns use once and then never use again. Once we get these Republicans elected, we have to say, okay, now we got you elected. What are you going to do for the community? And specifically in the community, what are they going to do with um, their legislative agendas? What are they going to do community service-wise? And what bills are they going to bring up in the legislature that they work for so that they can better the community? Because that is all what politics is about. And I think that we get so blinded sometimes about what politics is supposed to be. Politics is not supposed to be the benefiting of one person getting elected to a position and then keeping all this power. It is supposed to be community service-based. It is supposed to be helping the community, helping constituents that politicians represent. And I think that as young conservatives, we need to, in these next election cycles, I mean, we have local elections, uh, like county legislative positions coming up in 2021. We have the midterms in 2022, which is congressional and Senate races and gubernatorial elections. And then in 2024, when we have presidential races, we really need to focus on what our game plan is going to be so we can figure out what we as young conservatives and young Republicans want from not just our politicians, but for our community. For the longest time, uh, adults... And people that are older than young conservatives just look at us and say, oh, well, they're just energetic. They're just trying to make a change. They're trying to rumble of the establishment. Well, yeah, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to change the status quo. We're trying to make things better for our community. And not only make things better for our community, but look to these career politicians that have been in office for 10, 20, 30 years as public servants, and say, hey, maybe it's time for you to step to the side, and it's time for a new generation of leadership to come into power, and not even just come into power, but go do the job that their constituents want them to do, because there comes a certain time when a politician that's been in office for 30 years does not have the same quality standards, does not have the same uh, amount of energy as a younger, more enthusiastic person for the job. And until young conservatives and teenage conservatives or Republicans stand up and tell these politicians exactly what I just said, no, we don't want the establishment anymore. We want to shake things up sometimes. We want to be able to have progress in our community and better our community and the people in it, then nothing's going to change. So when it comes to elections, 
we as young conservatives and young Republicans really need to stand up and say enough's enough. We need to build up the community and we need a change in our local politics and local government. Now, the next topic I wanted to hit was the College Republicans' disastrous national conference um, to elect a new chairman for their committee. So I was going to talk about actually today the Dominicans' Republic crisis, and I was also going to talk about um, Caitlyn Jenner's uh, election in California, how she's doing, but I just heard this breaking news overnight that the college Republicans had a disastrous national conference to elect a new chair where there was a lot of corruption and there was a lot of uh, shady business going on when they were coming to election time, when it came time for people to pick who they wanted to lead the college Republicans into a new chapter. And there was this big reform movement that people wanted to change. People didn't want the establishment anymore. And there was also this kind of struggle of people wanting to keep the establishment and keeping the status quo of what a college Republican is. So I kind of wanted to dive deeper into that and just explain the uh, situation of what is happening and how that affects young conservatives. So there's not a lot of articles online about what happened at the college Republicans convention. Um, But I read one or two articles, and from what I understand, there was a lot of corruption going on um, between the outgoing chairman, Sharon Thornton, um, who is serving right now as chairman of the College Republicans, National College Republicans, and the Southern Vice Regional Chair, Courtney Britt, who is the successor, pretty much, for the outgoing chairman. She is the presumptive uh, nominee for their kind of ideological wing of the college Republican almost conference. Um, There's been this power struggle going on for a while between them and Western Regional Vice Chair Judah Waxelbaum. Um, He's been going to be the other candidate kind of running for chairman in this election. Um, And yesterday they had their conference And surprisingly, Southern Vice Regional Chair Courtney Britt won that election. Um, It was very out of nowhere. There was a lot of corruption. So I'm going to talk about what specifically happened there and why she won this election. Um, One huge thing, huge, huge, huge thing that we have to look at when we're talking about this is right before they had their conference, when they were going to elect their chair, um, A lot of stuff came out about how 22 states were going to be barred and weren't going to have any votes when it came to electing their new uh, Republican college national chair because apparently it was alleged, and all this is alleged, we really don't know anything quite for sure yet because there hasn't been a ton of articles out and about what is happening. So allegedly 22 states did not submit they required two letters um, to prove that they are eligible to vote and that they have registered members in each state for the College Republican Committee. And they used those two letters in voting logs um, to see how many registered members are in each state to see how many votes each state is going to get, almost like the Electoral College system, for electing the new um, chairman of the National Committee. So there was appeals by the 22 states that got denied votes. And in a strange, from what I understand, 3 a.m. meeting called by Shannon Thornton 
the appeals were looked at. And from what I understand, um, after the appeals were looked at, the states that supported um, Western Regional Vice Chair Judah Waxelbaum uh, were still denied voting rights um, in the election of their new chairman. And the states that supported Southern uh, Regional Vice Chair Courtney Britt were granted votes um, to the convention. And with this uh, barment, pretty much, of voting rights to these states, almost 20% of members of the college Republicans weren't allowed to be able to have a vote in who their new chairman was going to be. 20%. I mean, 20%. Let's, Let's think about that for a second. So let's say that we had a national election where we were going to have somebody running for president. And 20% of the population immediately was barred from voting. And let's say the uh, voter turnout was about 50%. So 50% of that 80%, you only have a 40% uh, voting rate. So 40% of people are dictating what the 60% of members are actually going to be uh actually going to be represented with for a new chair. And we all have to remember, during this whole thing, the outgoing chairman, Shanor Thornton, hired the independent uh, appeals person, pretty much it was from a third-party source, uh, that was going to look into these appeals by the states and see if they were legitimate appeals and they could have voting rights or not. And Shanor Thornton was a huge support supporter of Courtney Britt. So how can this be an independent, almost appeals investigation, when the person that's been hired to do the appeals is hired by pretty much the team of one of the people that are running for national chair? I just don't see how this whole situation is fair. And this whole story is filled with corruption and lies and this just overwhelming sense of almost betrayal for 20% of the Republican uh, college committee. And now, after all of this corruption, we are seeing this overwhelming, um, almost switch of members that wanted to be part of the National College Republicans changing over to the young Republicans, which are still in that age group of um, 18 to that mid-20s range of people that are in college. And we see this overwhelming support for young Republicans because young Republicans overall don't have these type of scandals that go on in uh, national conferences. I mean, they are just, uh, they're good, they're a good group of people for young Republicans to be around that are over 18. They just, they're not corrupt. They don't have the same type of scandals that are going on right now with these college Republicans. They're trying to do things the right way. They have elections like they're supposed to. They get endorsements from different state chairs. It's just, it's done completely different from what we are seeing. Um, But now we are seeing these college Republicans switch over and say, hey, we don't like the way this organization's being run, so why should we have to deal with it? And I think now that all of this has happened, we're going to see this overwhelming switch 
of college Republicans. Instead of making a college Republican group on campus, I think we're now going to see people make this young Republican group on their college campuses because overall this that, that organization is not going to be as corrupted and filled with lies and betrayal by their own party members um, as the college Republicans uh, committee has been. Thank you all so much for listening to the second episode of Dear Teenage Conservatives. Uh, I appreciate all of your support and feedback. It was nothing but positive and trying to make some improvements on the podcast. Uh, For next week's episode, I'm going to focus on the gubernatorial elections of New York and California and focus in on the uh, front runner of New York, Lee Zeldin, and an underdog in California, Caitlyn Jenner, and see how they're doing in the polls and elections within their states. So join me next week on Dear Teenage Conservatives.